Welcome builders from Lakeland, Florida. This is the Build Your Success Leadership Podcast with your host, Brian Brogen. We're going to empower and equip you to build yourself and then build others. Now, let's build up with your host, Brian Brogen. Hello, builders. We would love to welcome you to this episode of the Build Your Success Podcast. Hey, here at the Build Your Success Podcast, we like to build you so you can build others. We do that through our coaching, training, special events, and also with our guests on the Build Your Success Podcast. It is great today to have Bob Wendover, and I'm going to give you Bob's bio in a second, but I do want to mention to all of the listeners, if you've been listening for a while, we are going to, this is episode 120. Can you believe that? We're going to transition to a bi-weekly, and, and when I say bi-weekly, we're talking every other week podcast. We're going to go from the 120 weeks we've spent with you to now going every other week. So hopefully uh, we'll get some quality guests and I'll get a little more time to make better productions. I just want to have a lot going on right now. We're, we've already announced that we're doing Voices for Leadership, and that's taking up some of our time. So if you get a chance, go over to VoicesForLeadership.com. That's an upcoming contributing author book. So that's one of the reasons we're going to reduce the amount of episodes we have here at the Build Your Success podcast. Want to get that out of the way. Let me introduce you to Bob. Bob is a semi-native of Colorado. He's an avid hiker. He's been married for 32 years to his soulmate. He's the father of two wonderful and accomplished daughters. He's a longtime volunteer leader for several organizations. He's a lover of biographies. He's a punster, so he likes to tell puns. We may get a few of those out of him today. And he uh, says he's a strong Christian faith. At least he believes so. So I like the, the humility there with that. Also, this is just a human being in the bio, but Bob, I know you do a lo whole lot more than that following you on LinkedIn. So welcome to the podcast today, Bob. Thank you, Brian. Great to be with you. It's exciting to be here. Tell the, the listeners, you know, I read your, your brief bio. What, what does Bob Wendover do from a speaking and training perspective and author? Well, I teach people how to make better decisions, um, especially daily decisions. I have a kind of a belief that uh, our long-term success is dependent upon the daily decisions that we make. We can make uh, strategic choices, but unless we follow through them with them on a daily basis, nothing really happens. And it's very easy to act emotionally and impulsively. And um, our success is dependent upon our focus, but also dependent upon our self-discipline, good habits, routines. And that's all embodied in the, in the decisions we make on a regular basis. As you say that, Bob, it reminds me of the habit poem. Have you ever read the habit poem? No, I'm not sure. Why don't you it, remind me? Yeah, you'll have to look that up. And for the listeners, please look <laughs> that up. I don't have time to read it here today, but it, it goes through about how the, your habits can be your your success or they can be your failure, depending on how you choose, what you choose to do daily can be your for your good or for your bad. And it's just a really great way. Whoever wrote that, it's anonymous. So that I wish they would have put their name on it, but it's it's just a really great thing to think about. And it and it really resonates to make you understand how important habit really is. Well, Anonymous has written a lot of really good things. It sure has. That's a great author, isn't it? <laughs> so, Bob, we're going to ask you the thing we ask all of our guests on the podcast. What does leadership and being a leader mean to Bob Wendover? Well, I think leadership is inspiring others to follow a particular mission or path, uh, which means that you have to have a clear focus as a leader, but you also have to be empathetic to those around you, to those you are leading. Uh, some people just have it innately, I think, but uh, I think leadership is also something that's learned. It's a, 
it's really a series of traits. I'm not sure it's skills as much as it's traits that uh, enable an individual to motivate those around them to uh, to do what needs to be done or to to follow a particular path. That's great. And you filled this application out several weeks ago. So in the application, you you, you touched on a few of the points, the empathetic and uh, personal vision. But one of the other things you said in here was the best leaders I know are curious. And I and I like that because I agree with you on that point. Uh, you said they have a clear personal vision and they're supportive of those around them. Yes, absolutely. I, that's one of the things. The leaders, the best leaders I've worked with and I've gotten to know are individuals who go out of their way uh, when op- when the opportunity presents itself and they believe in that individual to help them. Um, they're also very curious. I've, I've, I've interviewed about 3,000 uh, really good people, you know, ranging from small company owners to chief executives of large corporations. And uh, it's kind of funny, but sometimes um, I will get 30 minutes, for instance, with someone who's not got a lot of time and they will get on the line and they will say, well, tell me a little bit about yourself. Give me a little context. And I will give them a couple of sentences and they'll say, well, tell me more about. And all of a sudden I find them interviewing me instead of me interviewing them. And yet I've only been given 30 minutes. So I have to kind of corral them and say, pardon me, but this is kind of my time. And then they back off, but they, they're always very, very curious. And I think that's what wins people to them uh, because people say, wow, this person's really making the contact. They're really, uh, they're not looking past you and checking their watch. They're really in, in your, in the moment. They're present with you. That is great. And, and that's great that you brought that up because in your application, I actually highlighted something about you interviewing these 3000 leaders. What, what a phenomenal opportunity to learn from others. And, and I'm sure it was a very diverse group of leaders, number one. But you said that one element of patterns for the that work for these leaders is they share is the effect that they are def, effective decision makers. Yes. And, I, and I think you said something earlier about, you know, taking action every day. So unpack that for our listeners about, you know, why they are, you know, the common element, the thread is that they are effective decision makers. I think that's important. Well, I'll give you, I'll give you a good example. Uh, One of the individuals I interviewed is the chief operating officer of a large defense contractor. Uh, And what Lisa told me was that she divides her day into 40, 15 minute segments. She works 8 a.m. to 5 or 6 p.m. every day, five days a week. And she said, the reason I do that is several fold. Number one, because it allows me to compartmentalize what I'm doing and assign things. Number two, um, it compels me to make decisions uh, because what I like to do, what I'm determined to do most of the time is make the decision within the time allotted. So she said, if you get on my calendar, uh, you better be prepared because if you come to me and ask a 13 minute question and I've only got two minutes to make the decision and discuss it, that's not a good thing. So you've got to be organized. You've got to be concise. But she said, I hate pushing decisions back off into the next thing because it just gets complicated. And if you're well prepared, then I should be able to make a wise and uh, a good choice without having to delay it to another time, unless there's some power outside or influence outside that we can't control. Uh, and she said, by the way, as an example, I've assigned two chunks of time, 30 minutes to this, to this interview, which did two things. It illustrated the program, uh, or the process, but it also kind of subtly let me know I had better be organized in my questions and interactions because of 29 minutes, she was going to say goodbye. That is beautiful. I I love that Lisa shared that with you, the, the process, but also you're right. She told you you're part of this process. You've entered into the, my, my field of, of the way I manage things. 
And, and that making decisions, you know, sometimes, you know, people are waiting, especially leaders, people are waiting on you to make a decision and things are not happening while that, that time that you take to make a decision is, is happening. Sometimes it's important to, to take your time and, and make a quality decision. But other times, if you could just make the decision for people so they could move on and, and be productive, I think it's going to have a lot more weight. And, and it depends on the situation, of course, as always. A lot of it's about preparation. If you are well prepared, the decision becomes obvious in many, many cases, uh, which means that you've got to compel the people around you who are feeding the information to, you know, if you if you ask them the right questions and they are well prepared, they will well prepare you. And, uh, you know, to some degree, it goes back to the military and law enforcement model. Don't come to me with a question unless you've got three options from which I can decide. Uh, so if you are prepared, most times the, the, the issue, unless it's some sort of moral or ethical or values issue, most of the time the, the decisions are fairly obvious. Yeah, Bob, and I think that preparedness, you know, sometimes people bring you a problem and they don't have any of the answers, number one, but, but if you will think through what questions are they going to have? And so if I come to you and I'm asking you for permission to do something, if I'll think through, well, what hesitation would Bob have to give me permission to do that and go ahead and answer those questions for you, you're more apt to give me an, a positive outcome, the answer that I'm looking for. Yeah, that's very true. I think we what we have, unfortunately, is we have a lot of so-called leaders, people who are in charge, who um, say and do things without recognizing the impact of what they say or do. And I've been guilty of that. Uh, everybody has at one point or another as you grow as a leader where you didn't realize that that offhanded comment actually was taken more seriously or more broadly, perhaps, than you perceived. And as a result of that, all of a sudden, they're doing things or not doing things that you thought you hadn't communicated. So you have to be careful of your words. And you, as you, you're right, you have to sit down and think, OK, if I'm going to assign this task, if I'm going to ask someone to research and come to me with something, uh, I need to know, I need to ask them the right questions ahead of time. And I need to explain the context. That's that's one of the things that I've I am so big on context because the average person doesn't understand the big picture, and uh, that's what gets people in trouble. If you're building a proposal for uh, uh, to build a building or to uh, open a new process or what have you, uh, too many times people just don't understand all the pieces that are involved, and therefore they're making decisions in the dark because they didn't understand the larger the larger perspective, the larger picture. We hope you're enjoying today's podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Build Consulting Services. Are you ready to reduce workplace conflict, reduce employee turnover, and increase your productivity? If you're ready to put Brian to work for your company, give him a call at 863-800-9658 or email him at brianb at buildcs.net. Now, back to today's episode. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I think you got to ask those clarifying questions to get to the bottom of things. This is a great segue. Being prepared is a great segue and something you want to talk about. Overcoming overwhelm. You said how to beat the decisions fatigue we are all dealing with in one way or another. You've got a book about this. And I do. I think in this environment that we're in today currently with the COVID, with things happening in the world that we just don't understand, with all the different social issues and political issues and all those things that are happening, uh, 
we can be overwhelmed and, and there's plenty of reasons to have to be overwhelmed. You have some ideas and some strategies to overcome. I'd love to hear those. Well, let's start with a little bit of context. Um, we are making many more decisions than we used to. Uh, the estimate is around 50,000 right now uh, during a during a 24-hour or if you're awake for 24, no, awake for 24 hours, but during a, you know, a one-day period. A lot of these are completely unnecessary or they're being forced on us. Um, the, the best example of that would be spam, uh, unwanted texts, emails, Slack messages, those types of things that uh, people are sending to us. Um, the the unnecessary stuff. Uh, a second part of that would be upsells. Uh, you know, if you go on uh, Amazon and you try to purchase something, then of course Amazon automatically comes out and says, "By the way, people who purchase this also purchase this." And so there's an upsell, and in the process, you have to make a decision. Much the same way as when I travel, um, I, you know, I get on the United Airlines website, and I have I'm taken through the process to purchase the ticket, but I'm also taken through the process of do you want flight insurance? Are you sure you don't want flight insurance? Do you want to insure this? Are you sure you don't want it? Each one of those eats up a bit of the sugar energy, the blood glucose that the brain uses to think. And it's very easy, for instance, early in the morning to get up and try to clear your email. Well, when you do that, if you've got 30 or 40 emails, each one of those, yes or no, read it or don't read it, is a decision. So you kind of take the edge off of your initial energy every morning if you indulge in that type of behavior, rather than perhaps putting that aside and instead focusing on the big project of the day, then clearing your email once you've gotten whatever's going to take a, a, a primary focus at the beginning of your day and you've gotten it finished. So it's little steps like that. It's not big, massive strategies. Uh, one of the other ones that I, uh, that I suggest, it's kind of a, a euphemism, but apoplexy, as in APP, apoplexy, as in having too many apps on your phone. Um, you know, I was conducting a session down in New Orleans last week, and uh, we played a little bit of a game. And we said, okay, how many apps do you have on your phone? The average iPhone, for instance, has 24 apps on a screen. How many screens do you have? Well, you multiply four times 24, all of a sudden you get 96 apps. Do you really use all of those apps? Because if you are looking for the one you need, every time you look at in, in individual icons, you're having to say, no, that's not it. No, that's not it. No, that's not it. And each one of those is a little tiny piece of that sugar energy that's being depleted. So when you're standing online at the grocery store, when you're waiting for the movie to start, go through your apps and delete the ones you're not using. So that is a variety of factors like that that you can do. Yeah. And when you think about it multiplying, you know, as you're alluding to, I mean, four screens times, you know, six, 24, there's just so much of it. it it's involved and in depth. And, and that's just one example of all this. You know, you gave several there with the emails and people walking in and giving you a new thing to think about. And just all the variables in life can lead to this. And I love the, the tips you give you know, kind of eliminate some of that so that you are using your time wisely. That the email you suggested, you know, not doing that first thing, using that energy to make those decisions, use that energy. That, that's just phenomenal because we, we there's a lot of time wasted in our lives that you'll never get back. There's the, the, the thing that I say, if people, you know, people sometimes say, well, what's the one piece of advice? My piece of advice is make fewer decisions. In other words, sit down and look at the decisions that you're making, decide which ones you can eliminate or delegate or automate. And you can, even if you don't supervise anybody, you can delegate and automate things. But the fewer decisions you make during the day, the more energy you have for the big decisions. 
show, sit down and really analyze what you're doing because we are creatures of habit and those habits are not necessarily productive. And a lot of those habits are based on temptation, as in, I just need to check um, CNN or I just need to check. Well, all of a sudden, if you become a news, you, you realize you become a news junkie. And, and those programs, of course, are programmed to give you the stuff that you agree with, which makes it make more fascinating and much one more. Uh, much the same way you get on YouTube to watch one three minute video and a half an hour later, you're still going. So you've got to break those habits and make fewer decisions about that in order to have more energy for the big stuff. Bob, this is phenomenal. And, and when you think of the, how, how the small things have such an impact because because they, they compound and, and, you know, if someone could, like you said, three things, decide on three things, just, yes. just make that happen. And, and it'll clear your plate and clear your mind to be able to do something else. I think that's great. A few years ago, I started sliding my emails to action. You know, I'm a, I am a person of action. Sometimes I can take my action too promptly. And, and so if, if I'm, if it's something I could say yes or no to, I immediately say yes or no to it. But if yes. it's something I need to think about, I'll put it in my action folder and then I don't, it's not like, okay, I lost it. It's in my action folder that when I need to think this one through and make a response when I'm at my desk, make a response after I speak to someone. And that just helped me clear the clutter. And it, it's been a massive change as far as, you know, I used to leave them unread and that was like, oh man, all these unread emails. And still oh, I yeah. put it in, put it in the action folder and that's helped me. And it's just a small thing. And, and if people could realize how much of an impact making a small change will have, saving money. I mean, it's the same, same idea. Save a little, just get started. That's right. I agree with you 100%. Well, you alluded to this, but it's something else I highlighted here. Decision fatigue, that sinking feeling you get with the crush of choices, opt-ins, opt-outs, updates, deadlines, endless interruptions have gotten the better of you. So all these decisions, now you feel, oh, I don't even know if I can make a decision. Well, that's very true. Decision fatigue is a physiological thing. We all suffer from it at times, just simply because of the nature of today's busyness, if you will. But, uh, you know, the, the, the body produces a certain amount of blood glucose based on, you know, the intestines produce the blood glucose. It's regulated by the pancreas through insulin and so on. The challenge is, as I said, every decision we make, and that's not just the ones that are conscious, it's also the unconscious ones. So, this is the reason, for instance, why if you get stuck in traffic on the way to work, you feel tired when you get out of the car. Well, it's because you made maybe dozens of decisions, stop and go decisions as you were on the interstate. Do How far do I go before I have to stop and so on? Do I change lanes? Each one of those is a decision, meaning that you can literally be tired and all you did was sit in the car with your foot on the brake for 30 minutes. So we have to be conscious of those types of things. And we also have to be conscious of what we eat because... You know, it's it, I, I say to people, you know, there, there are people out there who go into Starbucks and spend five dollars buying the, you know, the triple upside down caramel macchiato and think, well, I'll supercharge my energy by doing that. Well, actually, you're doing it in reverse because the insulin will take care of that and knock you out. And so by the 10 o'clock meeting, you're flat asleep because you are overcharged on it on sugar. So you have to watch what you eat. And you have to balance it in a particular way. So diet, exercise, sleep is very important. And of course, the number of decisions that you make and when you make them. If you're a morning person, you make your important decisions in the morning. If you're an afternoon person, I know somebody who doesn't really get started until about five o'clock in the evening, but then she works until two o'clock, 2 a.m. 
So we've just, Julie and I have just hanging out of a relationship. I send her emails in the morning. She gets back to me and I check them the next morning because she didn't get them till, till 10 o'clock that night. It's just the way things go. But you, you have to work to the energy that you have. And most of us, just due to the nature of the pressures these days, uh, become so much more reactive than proactive. And the best decision makers are proactive. And if somebody says, well, you didn't get back to me, they say, yeah, I know. I don't get back to people more than twice a day. And uh, I do that between 10 and 11 and 5 and 6. And you got to me at, uh, you know, 10 minutes after 11. So I didn't get back to you until, you know, 5 o'clock. And I don't make excuses for it. I just don't do that. Sorry. And, you know, with the exception of a, a boss that demands you doing that, and even then you can say to your boss, you know, I'd be more effective if you didn't have me answering questions constantly. Why don't you just let me answer all the questions at at a particular time. But unfortunately, some of us, you know, <laughs> we work for bosses that aren't as good decision makers as we are. Well, Bob, that is marvelous. I love that fact about the best decisions are made proactively. I, I think listeners, you need to write that down. That's wonderful. In Lisa's words, we're at that spot. I've got a time allotment for this show and we're at the end of it. It went really quick here. It did. Well, Bob, I want to thank you for being a, a guest on the podcast. I also want to bring up, for those that are watching on YouTube, Bob's website. And Bob, I'm going to say it out for those that are listening, but I'll also put it in the show notes. CommonSenseEnterprises.net. So that's Bob's website. Tell our listeners what they can find there at your website. Well, there are a whole bunch of resources. Uh, there are books available, such as Overcoming Overwhelm, Figure It Out, and the books that I've written on this topic. Uh, we also conduct seminars all over the United States. I was down in New Orleans last week. I'll be up in Michigan next week and so on. And I, I'd, I'd love to uh, connect on that level as well. Did you make it out of New Orleans before the storm? I dodged that bullet. Yes. But it was kind of scary seeing the photos from where I had been walking about three days before and what was going on down there, especially in the, in the French quarter. Yeah. It's so sad. And we're praying for those people there. They'll be able to rebuild. It's just sad, but I guess it's a good thing you were able to get out. So. Well, I was happy to be there. Yeah. Well, listeners, I would like to thank you for listening to this episode of the Build Your Success podcast. As a reminder, we are transitioning. This will be the last weekly episode. Bob was our guest on the last weekly episode. We're moving to a bi-weekly schedule. Hope you'll continue to join us just a little less frequently. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. Go to our website, buildcs.net. You can see there what we offer as far as training and some of our special events Love for you to check that out. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. Remember to build yourself and then build others. Want to learn how to build yourself and build your team? Visit www.buildcs.net and learn about Brian's programs, special offers, and more. Build yourself and then build others.